Dear audio listener, Thomas here. What you're about to listen to is a very unique episode of Reason Together. It is, in fact, our 100th episode of this podcast. So we took your feedback and we made this into a video podcast. So in case you didn't know, there is a link in the description of this podcast that you're listening to right now, that if you click it, it will take you over to YouTube, to our own YouTube channel, where you can find the video of this podcast in which we interview our wives. So I encourage you to click over there and take a watch. I think you'll get a blessing and help out of it. Anyway, thank you for your continued support. With no further ado, episode 100. Welcome back to Reason Together, the podcast for Christians who think about stuff. I'm Thomas, here with my good friend Daniel, as always, for hello, hello. what appears to be a video podcast. Yes, indeed. Number, get ready with the drum roll ready? and the sound ready? effects, please. Here we go. 100. Number 100. 100 episode. We've made some headway, apparently. 100 episodes in. That's a lot yeah, of hours yeah. when you calculate all that up. It is. It is, um, especially when you consider that we've had the after show now for a while. Yes. Um, I remember when we were talking about starting this and saying, well, I want to have a few episodes under our belt, you know, before we throw it out there. Mm-hmm. And here we go, 100 episodes. That's fantastic. Yeah, time flies. Time flies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as we usually say, if you are listening to this episode and you are a patron, a supporter of this podcast, we want to thank you. Uh, for your generous support and uh, and keeping this this show going, uh, we are grateful for that. Uh, if you're not a patron as of yet, uh, you can go over to Patreon.com/ReasonTogether. That's Patreon.com/ReasonTogether. When you get there, you'll see a number of tier member levels that you can join. Uh, you might need to click Show All, and it'll show you all four of those tier members there. Yeah. And just pick one. We prefer the uh, elite, if we're being honest. Go ahead and pick one of those levels. Just click join. That's all you got to do. Fill in your information, and you're off to the races, and you'll be a patron of this podcast, which, of course, affords you with a number of benefits uh, that regular listeners may not actually have, uh, including things like priority service for your questions when you send your questions in. Depending on what level you get, you may also get a t-shirt. You may also get the after show bonus episodes, which is a special uh, series that we do after the show. Uh, And it's only for our elite patrons. If you're interested in that, that's patreon.com slash reason together. And pick the elite tier and just click join. And uh, we'd appreciate that very much. Um, also, if you are wanting to send in a question, whether you're a patron or not, you can do that. Uh, you can send that into Reason Together Podcast at gmail.com. That's Reason Together Podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your questions or your feedback, uh, and we'd be grateful. Yes, and we took we we kind of uh, pulled uh, the listeners here in the last few episodes and and asked for ideas of what you would want on the hundredth episode. And you said you would like a video of me with my balding head <laughs> in poor lighting. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, I'm self-conscious about that today, aren't I? Uh-oh. The lighting. The, it's the lighting. But anyway. Um, well, no, it's not the lighting. It's my head, too, I think. But yeah. anyway, uh, that's not actually what you asked for. What, you, what a number of people actually requested was mm-hmm. an interview with our wives. Yeah. yeah. And so, I guess yeah, they're tired tried, of us. 
yeah, we've tried not to be offended by that and, and um, invited our wives uh, to join us today. Yes. No, I, I really think this is going to be valuable. Uh, this is going to be fun, and it's going to be no problem whatsoever to fill the time that we have. Um, this isn't going to be like some five-minute interview. Right. But so that you can get to know our wives a little bit better, and in the future, uh, I see you sending in questions that you feel like might pertain to them, um, questions that you feel like they could yeah. help to answer. So anyway, uh, without much further ado, I guess, let's uh, go ahead and invite in our special, yes. very special guests. Let's right. bring them in. Would you uh, would you like to introduce your wife first, Daniel? Sure. This is my wife, Heidi. Hello. Welcome to and the podcast, she's Heidi. She's Thank you. Nervous and wondering what we're going to talk about. <laughs> and were Tom? Were you ever nervous about this? I mean, when we started the podcast, were you nervous about the whole fact that we were going to get on and just have a conversation in front of however many people? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yes. So we kind of understand that the vulnerability. <laughs> yes, and we do appreciate what? them coming on. Uh, this is my wife, Rosa. So good to have Rosa on the podcast. That's <laughs> welcome to Rosa. Thank you. So, um, wow, where do we even begin? Um, wh- why would they want to be married to us? Maybe that's a good question to start with. <laughs> 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 because of our cunning, somebody actually said the other night that uh, was joking about how I entrapped Heidi. Somehow I. I <laughs> trapped her i said it took a great deal of cunning but uh right right it was worth it yeah since you were a fox that worked yes that's right foxes tend to be cunning and uh sly and deceptive um yeah we have to i i think um maybe a fun question to start off would be everybody knows that opposites attract and so maybe asking how asking our wives how they complement us or, or how they are different um from us Okay, that's a good question. Um, are, are you wanting me to go first? Do you want us to go first? Yeah, sure. Yes. How, yes. how are we different? Yes. Wow. Um, Mary? Where, where do we begin? Um, We're pretty much opposites, I would say. Yeah, yeah, opposites. Uh, Personality-wise, um, my wife is very, very mild. Um, I might be counted by some as abrasive. I was bracing myself to see if she would agree with that or not. Um, <laughs> how, how else are we different? Oh, uh, I guess, um, you remember when we did the whole introvert, extrovert, yes. ambivert thing? Yes. Yeah. Um, that's probably one of the biggest ways that we're different is, I, I'm, I don't know that I consider myself a full-blown extrovert because um, I like being around people as long as I don't have to deal with people. <laughs> Does that make sense? Um, I don't mind sitting in public places, people watching, being around crowds where things are going on. I don't mind that. As long as I don't have to deal with too many of them. Um, I'm exactly the opposite. I, I love people, but I don't like to be the center of attention. And I, I like being with people for a certain amount of time. And then I have to get away because just I've had too much of people, I guess. I have to recharge. Yeah. But, I do love people. I love being around people. Yeah, that, that's probably a big difference between the two of us. So, okay. I would say for us, that's um, we're actually a little different that way than you guys because mm. we both classify ourselves as introverts, which is kind of unique in that way. Hmm. Um, 
Mm-hmm. So not to say we don't like to be around people at all, but we enjoy our alone time and um, reading and recharging. Mm-hmm. So yeah. anyway, <laughs> but how are we different? Hmm. Well, I'm ugly. That would be a uh, one difference. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. How are we different? We. She actually asked this morning. I said, "Well, we could talk about how we're different." She said, "How are we the same?" I said, "Well, we both like music. Um, we're both introvert. Uh, neither one of us drink coffee. Uh, so I guess that. Uh, yeah, we. Boy, how are we different? Well, okay, okay. Here's here's a big difference. Here's a big difference. I am not a detail guy. I'm. I'm big picture, like, you know, hey, we ought to have, you know, we ought to have a family over for dinner. And that's about as far as it goes. Like, I'm just ready to go invite him. And she's thinking, well, what are we going to have? What's it going to be? How's it going to work out? Blah, 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 blah. The house has got to be clean. You know, all these things. And for me, it's just, hey, let's. this is a cool idea, right? Right. <laughs> and, and she's the one that deals with the details. So in our ministry, um, she is super helpful with all the details of planning and selecting music and and helping me with, you know, various details, really, of big yeah. picture things. So she she kind of does she does a lot of the work, and then just makes me look good. And then everybody, <laughs> oh, Pastor Fox, you know, you do such a good job, and, and I know the truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how we fall in in that at all. Um, I think as far as organizing, I've noticed I'm more, I like if I organize something, I'll organize down to the very detail of something, mm-hmm. whereas. I, I was telling someone this the other day that when I organize like a utensil drawer, I will, you know, every utensil has a certain, it has its home within the drawer, whereas maybe he is more, it's a utensil drawer, just throw it in the drawer. <laughs> but it's still organized because I, it's I still follow, in the drawer. I, I follow the system. <laughs> it's the difference between I, micro-organizing and macro-organizing, I think is what it is. I, I guess, because we're both, we're both... <laughs> organized yeah, we're people both, yeah, we just have different organized. methods of organizing yeah yeah so that kind of kind of kind of clashes sometimes where i don't know where something is or why it's that way and it seems over complicated to me <laughs> um so i mean we're, we're different in that way i guess let me segue then into that to say uh, rosa what do you feel like is your strong point and i think you just mentioned one of them right there what do you feel like think is something that you're good at organization I have a passion for organizing <laughs> yeah okay and I really do and, and, Hi- and Heidi what about you I don't know I like organization um, I'm not as organized as I want to be so I think <clears throat> whether that's having six children or, or what it might be but um, I like organization but um, and it's yeah. something you if you felt like you wanted to help somebody else with that would be one of the things with the organization mm-hmm. right if you, probably if you felt like yeah. you could help them in that way all right, good. Um, if you had, uh, Rosa, if you had, we, we have talked about this, maybe joked a little bit, if you would, could have either like a full-time house cleaner or a cook, which one would, would, would you have? Oh, boy. <laughs> I, think, I think I know Probably the answer. Probably cleaning. You'd rather yeah. have a house cleaner? I, I'd rather have someone clean my house for me so I can focus on the meals that I make and not be distracted (laughs) all the time with everything else that has to be done. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because I do enjoy cooking a lot, but I mean, I enjoy keeping my house tidy, but I enjoy cooking more. (laughs) Okay, okay. Yeah, and I definitely say I would want a cook 
I would rather clean and, you know, keep that end of things than than the cooking. Cook. Mm -hmm. It seems like every time yeah. she turns around, there's another. There's every, more, you get more. down and this is the next meal you got to yeah, think that, about. That is two true. down the road. <laughs> yeah. Now it might help for people to maybe they've heard us reference uh, our uh, our lifestyle, our station in life in the past, but to, just for them to understand, both of you homeschool your children, right? Um, so, so in your in your stay at home, um, meaning you don't have like an outside career necessarily. Uh, but you stay very busy at home with obviously all those duties plus homeschooling plus helping your husband in ministry and things like that mm. Would be fair. Is there anything I'm forgetting? I mean, I know that takes in a lot like it, I don't know you could list off 50 things But anyway, I know that you're busy and for people to know just that one aspect that you homeschool You know and of course you take care of the meals and all the home duties and your husband's in ministry that uh, that takes a lot in mm. That uh, that homeschooling thing has become quite a topic lately, hasn't it? Um, with a lot of people starting to who haven't prior uh, homeschooled. Um, right, right. What what would be maybe the number one piece of advice you could give to somebody like that who's starting to homeschool? <laughs> No, I mean we uh, we believe in it. Not but, and, and uh, pills cannot be on the list of, of advice or answers given. Um, <laughs> and that's a hard one, I suppose. Um, I think there's a lot to say. You know, when you think sure. about trying to talk to someone about homeschooling, there's there's a lot of things. Um, and of course, we're constantly tweaking things as we go. So. You know, it's yeah. just your your learning, but it's definitely something that is a as a challenge. Um, but at the same time, not really ready to turn that the worldview we're giving to our children over to someone else. So that's that's why it's important to us to do it. But right, um, that mean yeah, there'd be several things to say. Yeah. yeah. So on the one hand, you you would want to stress the importance of what you're doing that it is going to be work. But what for you has reduced stress? I think one of the things is to find out what kind of a homeschool mom you're going to be. Um, yeah. When you start talking with people and getting information and how do they homeschool and um, <clears throat> that can be a little bit overwhelming because uh, number one, you may not homeschool the way someone else does. So if you try to fit yourself into a different pattern than, than you're going to fit, that you're going to find frustrations. So I think understanding uh, what kind of a homeschool mom you are, like like Rosa, we talk about organization, or mm -hmm. do you like things, everything just so? Are you going to be on a tight schedule, or are you going to be more free with it? Um, but understanding that, okay, this is the way God made me. These are the children God gave to me, so therefore we need to fit, and we should fit in this um, in this way. So I think not trying to be like other people, being yeah. open to other ideas, but saying, okay, how am I made, and then how can I make this thing work with my mm -hmm. kids? So. For us, it's it's being more scheduled. For us, it's a, I think schedule. We thrive on schedule. So and also how you're yeah. gifted and how mm -hmm. your role fits into the homeschool. Mm -hmm. Are you the real like hands-on teacher type, love the projects, or are you the administrative kind of oversee things and let it roll kind of? Right, which affects what kind of curriculum you yeah. have because yeah. then if you've got a curriculum that you can't do because it doesn't fit you, mm -hmm. you're going to find a lot of frustration. Mm. So um, okay. those are those are some beginner things yeah. I'd say. There, there's a lot there. Um, 
I, I think I would boil down what you said there. I caught something you said about the worldview at first, about keeping the worldview in view um, for homeschooling. That's more than just about academics. It's about presenting those academics with a worldview yes. in mind and not turning that over to someone else who you don't know and can't trust and may be part of a system that has a different worldview. Um, mm. The other thing I think you said there that was good was about personality types in teaching and schedule. <laughs> yeah. What, uh, what are your thoughts? I, I am not the teacher type, I suppose. You, you know, like some people just, they, they go to school for teaching, they would love to teach. I am not that type. I'm more how you said, you know, you get the systems in place and they kind of run themselves. And so I've had to kind of look for curriculums that allow me to do that, that my kids are still getting a really good education, but mm -hmm. they don't involve me sitting down and teaching them every single lesson. And some mm -hmm. people like that, but that's kind of where it comes mm -hmm. into play mm -hmm. that you have to kind of learn what works for you. Mm -hmm. And um, I know a lot of people you know, they jump into homeschooling. I guess one thing I would recommend, if, especially your first few years, do your best, but it's not going to be perfect. <laughs> it's going to be messy sometimes, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. And it's yeah. it's and you may go on a few years before you really nail down what works for you. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. This will be going into our eleventh year. This next year will be our eleventh year, and. I have switched sub curriculums multiple times, and at first I did sure. just one. Mm -hmm. I did a box curriculum. You know, it was a kit, parent kit, teacher kit, and I did that yep. for a few years and finally realized that certain subjects weren't working for us, and I had to learn that it's okay to break away from it and to explore a little and see what works better for a student. Mm -hmm. um, I had a spelling curriculum that just wasn't working for us. We'd have a daily meltdown over spelling, and it, it wasn't worth mm -hmm. It wasn't worth it for me. And so mm -hmm. I searched around and I found a different spelling curriculum. And eventually I found a different um, math curriculum, a different science and history curriculums. So this year, every single subject is actually from a different company, which is mm -hmm. the first for me. So wow. I'm curious to see how it's going to go and I'm excited mm -hmm. about it. But I guess mm -hmm. that's you know a thing I would advise people is that just because your friend does it or your neighbor does it doesn't mean right. it's going to be right for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. I think one it goes back to that issue of comparison, right. you know, to say it's OK that I'm not like somebody else sure. that doesn't look like the way somebody else does it. What were you going to say, Tom? I was going to say both both of them brought out points that the the homeschooling thing kind of evolves over time, because at <laughs> first mm. you, you don't know what kind of teacher you are. And when your kids are young, you don't know what kind of students they will be. Mm -hmm what kind of learning mm. styles they'll have. <laughs> so at first, at least in our case, having a kind of a boxed curriculum kind of helped. But after a while, when you figured things out more, you can freestyle a little bit with what mm -hmm. you choose. And, and now that you know how to work the whole thing out, you can pick other curriculums from other places and kind of custom make the education for your own child. But that takes a lot of times years <laughs> yeah. uh, to nail down. Yeah. yeah, and you can't you can't be dominated by fear. Uh, right. Number one, that it's imperfect. Because is there any education that's perfect? You know, that gives them all the facts they have to know in a certain time. You know, every education is different, and um, and the fear that oh no, they'll miss something and somehow be dumb the rest of their lives. That's not really true. <laughs> you know what I mean? If yeah. if we're if we're moving gradually forward, we're trying to set up a structure. We're focusing on their character. 
um, you know, our, we're, we're concerned about our relationships, not just cramming, you know, a curriculum down their throat and forcing them to do every page. Uh, it'll be okay. You know, I mean, you gotta, you gotta let the stress off of you and say, mm -hmm. you, you just gotta do the best that you can do and understand that who is the authority of what's a good education and who do you have to please? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, and answer that question. So, yeah. I've often wondered uh, at times, just kind of seeing how the school days sometimes go is who has to be more disciplined, the student or mm. the teacher? What do you, where do you think the role of discipline is in your own life as a homeschool parent? I'm asking whoever has an answer. Because a lot of the, the feedback you get from new homeschoolers is, is not that they... I mean, some people say, oh, I'm not the teacher type. And you might suggest, well, there are some curriculums that allow you a little more hands-off. But that still requires a lot of attention yeah. Yeah. and planning and diligence and uh, repetition by the, the, the homeschooling parent. So in many ways, there's some discipline involved in the parent's life as well. So, so the answer sometimes, I think, is, is, is being a disciplined person <laughs> yourself, right? I mean, what is yeah. the role, unless I'm misunderstanding, what's the, what's think, the role of discipline and being I mean, a I think parent? also just realizing that you are responsible to make sure your child is doing what, I mean, you do have to make sure they're not they're not most times, I mean, maybe as an older, you know, high schooler, maybe they will be more self-motivated, but as, mm -hmm. as, you know, elementary and even middle school age, they're often not going to be, oh, yay, it's school time. Let me sit down and get to my work. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not going to mm -hmm. be that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so as, I mean, I guess that's where, yeah, I mean, it would be nice to sleep in and, you know, maybe come to school in your pajamas. But I guess for our family that hasn't worked because it just creates an attitude of laziness and then they just the whole day just drags on yeah. and it comes mm -hmm. dinner time and they still haven't finished anything mm -hmm. you know so we personally I like to have a set time that we start and I insist that they are dressed and ready for the day and have done their chores mm -hmm. by that time and mm -hmm. that just helps create an attitude of discipline a kind yeah. of an atmosphere of discipline I guess right. and but the requirement in that is that you, the homeschool parent, must be a disciplined yep. person. You have to have your life yeah, put sure. together. You have to be up at the same time every right. day. You have to have things right. ready at sure. the right. same time every day. So there's an element of that involved as the sure. parent. And I've learned, too, I kind of for a while struggled with it, um, where I would say, okay, here's what you need to do. Go ahead and do it. I'm going to go out in the kitchen and work on something, or I'm going to go you know, sort laundry, or you know, I'm going to be in the other room working on something. And they do better now that they're older if I were to get up and do that. But I learned that I needed to sit in there and be present with them and to basically give up my morning and say, this, um, you know, this block of time is school time for me, even, you know, rather mm -hmm. than thinking, sitting there thinking, oh, I could be doing all this other stuff around the house. And once I made that, kind of surrendered that mentally, I guess then it's a lot easier for me to just sit there and to be at peace at that and realize this is what I'm supposed to be doing right now. Mm -hmm. And that helps them stay focused also. But Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, would, I would definitely agree with that because I think there came a point where I had to realize that, um, like you're saying, there's, there is you know, 10 million other things we could be <laughs> doing right now. Um, and I've tried some of that, but also tried to do our schedule in such a way that I can still do some of those things, 
But when it's time for us to have this class that I said, okay, we're going to have this class at this time, then I need to then submit myself to that schedule and say, okay, mama's going to sit down right now and do this because it's time for that. And I think that was important for me to realize that I need to be disciplined to get this done because I, I could see that causing real, uh, you know, confusion for the kids or frustration to say, well, mom, you said we we're going to do this class at this time. And then why I'm, when I get done with this or when I, and I've, I've done that kind of thing before, but it's best if I just say, okay, it's time we need to start. And then it doesn't frustrate them because, you know, they're wondering, they're wanting me to come through too. So I, I think the discipline really does have to start, you know, with the mom in a lot of ways to say, okay, I am submitting myself to the schedule. Um, there's a balance there, obviously, right. but um, if we've made the schedule and talked through the schedule, then I need to just stop and do, you know, what I'm supposed to do at that time. And I think that creates, like I said, not not frustration for the kids, you know, so it works better. I mean, can we can we reasonably think that the child is going to have more mm -hmm. character than the parent does, you know, to say we don't have to discipline ourselves, but we expect all these things of them. Uh, you're right, Tom, that, I mean, discipline is at the at the core of it and as, as absolutely necessary what we've said about you know finding your your teaching style as it were or your involvement style or, or the right curriculum doesn't mean that it lessens the responsibility on you or the need for discipline it just uh, you still have a responsibility you still need to be disciplined you're just trying to you know lessen the stress by um, you know mm -hmm. uh, unmanageable expectations or something but yeah. there still is obviously going to be a responsibility there yeah, yeah. How uh, how do you manage students with different in different grades uh, all at once? Hmm. I just leave for the more. office <laughs> <laughs> and uh, say I'll see you later. <laughs> no. I only have um, two students, so that's you know not a huge challenge for me. But I do have a few subjects that I have like a combined class I guess you could call it but mostly they are different um, th most of their subjects are different from each other because they are three years apart but they um, I do try to if I know that one student I'm gonna need to work with him on in you know his language and I need to teach that to make sure that he's getting it right and our uh, language and grammar and then so I'll sit and I'll sit you know spend the time that he needs to learn that lesson but I try to schedule it so that you know the other student is doing something that really doesn't require my involvement at the mm -hmm. time and then mm -hmm. a lot of times I'll switch and teach the other one the grammar class so, mm -hmm. I guess, so you're saying it kind of goes two, back so. a lot to scheduling mm -hmm. yeah finding the right schedule yeah right. <clears throat> well I think yeah that for, for us that's definitely been a key two things is last year he really helped me with the schedule, um, Daniel helped me with the schedule that um, put everybody at a certain, you know, subject at a certain time, and that I think that really did help us because yeah. otherwise um, you can't, you know, I had you can't keep five different, you know, kids going and knowing exactly what everybody's doing at one time. And this year we'll actually will have one year where we'll have everyone in school, and that's going to be this fall, um, which will be six six in school. Um, so. I, I think a schedule definitely but then like Rosa mentioned we we've combined subjects when we could so if subjects that weren't you know had didn't have to be this grade we could mm -hmm. do some we could do some science together we could do some mm -hmm. history 
I guess history has been the main one that we've combined through the years um, to do that t together or, you know, different uh, grades together. Mm -hmm. um, but otherwise, I, I think you have to figure out how you can do that. When When is mom with someone and when can the others just, and that goes back to curriculum, a curriculum that they can run with a lot by themselves, reading and taking care of a lot with yeah. just little intervention from me. So right. um, now I'll say those things. it hasn't been, it certainly hasn't been perfect where it was, where <laughs> we struggled with at the end of last year, there's kind of like, ah, uh, a little bit, was when it came to music time, because for our kids, they're all in, you know, one or two instruments, except for the five-year-old. Um, and so at practice time, you had like five different instruments or people trying to go on and, and it gets chaotic and I, I wanted to be in this room. I wanted to be in this room. We no, have, I was I was here. I'm going to, and then yeah. we have everyone playing their instruments at the same time. So, yeah, right. so yeah, that's that enough noise. to send you over yeah, the edge a, a right now. a trumpet coming from upstairs and a, and a violin coming from in here and a piano here and a piano there. We've got three pianos in two different rooms and anyway, multiple instruments. And so it, it gets yeah, a little hairy there. And uh, we didn't quite solve that at the end of last year. Wow. So that's going to be something we're going to have to tackle. Wow. <laughs> this year will be, I think, the only year that we'll actually have all six in school because our oldest is a senior and our youngest just turned five. So she'll do some, um, you know, a little bit. So I'll actually have, yeah, six different ones. And like you said, I think there might be a little combination in there. Um, anyway, so, um, I have another question unless you have something yeah, else, Daniel. Uh, how, how would you ladies respond to the common, uh, criticism that homeschool kids don't get socialized enough? <laughs> How'd you respond to that? Well, I, I know it's kind of something that people tease about. Um, I mean, there is the aspect that they are not out with other people as much. That is true. Um, but it's not like we don't have any kind of a life or that they're not learning anything from us by way of socialization right. or, um, you know, talking to people and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we it's not that we stay in our house all the time. So, I mean, there's some of that that, yes, I can't match maybe what someone else has had their child out with public school or, or different activities like that. But, mm -hmm. but surely we can do, you know, I think some of that's a little bit overboard as far as yeah. um, it's not like we don't have our kids involved in anything. Right. Um, out, you know, so I don't know what, yeah. what you'd say to that, Rosa. But well, if I could make a quick, okay. quick comment, you know, to say, what do you mean by socialization? Do you mean by going and talking to 80 of their peers about the local, you know, the latest uh, sitcom right. that's on and the video mm -hmm. games they're playing? Right. Why would I want to socialize? Oh, you're like stealing that? my thunder. Now. <laughs> that's what oh, I was going to say too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. All right. Well, right. No, I was I was going to say about the same thing. You know, I mean, you are are you you know socialization like that? Are you is it the other kids or is it other adults? Yeah. You know, because yeah. I know at our church we have a small church. And m most of them are adults. We do have a few teens, but most of them are adults. So when our boys socialize, <laughs> they're socializing with adults. But I think that does bring the, um, it helps them, ad ad I guess, advance mentally, or it helps yeah. them have a higher standard, I guess. Um, they, they, they learn to communicate like adults. At a higher level, yeah. Uh, the quality of socialization is often different with homeschool kids. Uh, we may not be able to match the quantity that kids who yes. go to public schools or Christian schools even 
can have, but the quality of socialization is different. Um, and, and oftentimes when I've had people ask me, you know, well, do your kids, you know, how is it your kids aren't socially awkward? Um, I'll ask them, have you met many homeschool kids? Because, <laughs> I mean, frankly, when you meet homeschool kids, on average, that's like talking to a little adult. Um, <laughs> they, they know how to hold their own in conversation yeah. for the most part, for the most part, um, with adults because that's who they spend most of their time around. Yeah. Um, and also they're spending time with their parents throughout the day, you know, yeah. or at least one parent usually. Yeah. And I think that also has, I mean, they hear how the parent talks you know, parents not going to talk like a fifth grader most of the time or third grader. You know, they'll talk with an advanced vocabulary and they read things that have advanced vocabulary more often, maybe. I don't know. But I think, too, some of that interaction is just with how you teach your kids, how you talk to people, you know. Mm -hmm. um, sure. Some of the awkwardness that people might describe would be maybe people not, you know, not knowing how to answer you or, or not knowing to look at you or not knowing to, you know, whatever the case may be. And a lot of that can still be taught even at you know home this is how you answer right. the phone this sure. is how you talk to a person mm -hmm. you look them in the eye when you meet people at church this is what you do you know some of that's just instruction too yeah. sure maybe I, not a homeschool thing maybe this is a little bit dangerous place to go but wouldn't you say that i mean i think about, I'm, I'm paralleling this to um to missionary children sometimes you meet you may be a missionary family that's kind of awkward and we justify that to some degree by saying, well, they live in a, in a different culture, you know, so they come to America and they have, you know, some sense of culture shock. But I think you see it. But then you might look at another missionary family and you're like, oh, man, they're a lot of fun. You know, they don't seem unusually awkward. I wonder if if more of it is a, is a family dynamic than a social dynamic and a similar thing in a homeschool yeah. setting that, OK, yeah, you're going to find your occasionally socially awkward family. But I wonder if that's more of a family dynamic than it is a homeschooling dynamic. That actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, aren't there probably socially awkward people in public school? Yes. <laughs> sure. You know? Yeah. So. Hmm. What do you feel like the expectations of you are as a pastor's wife um, on average? And, and are they reasonable? Hmm. Expectations from church people or expectations from the outside? Either. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, I guess maybe, or even expectations that I put on myself. Um, That's a good thought. I guess at first it was, you know, we've only been in well, you've only been a pastor five years. But I guess at first it, I kind of struggled a little with, you know, as a pastor's wife, do I have to have ladies meetings? Do I have to have ladies Bible study or a ladies Sunday school class or something like that? You know, is that my responsibility? And um, you're saying there's a difference know. between being a pastor's wife and a pastor wife. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. I guess that would be a good way to put it. But I guess uh, I realized I had to come to a point that I realized that because I'm not naturally the teacher type, that was kind of difficult for me to think of that I would have to maybe weekly or monthly even come up with some kind of a Bible study for the ladies while I'm still trying to teach my family, you know, teach my boys at home and mm -hmm. train them and be, you know, hold up my husband at home, you know, and yeah. minister to him 
in a family atmosphere, family type way, yeah. you know, what do I then also have to try to, um, you know, do I need to, am, is it, am I responsible to have the ladies like a Bible study, a monthly Bible study or weekly? And I kind of came to realize that for me, being able to just minister to my husband and um, encourage him and just kind of behind him, be behind him to support him and, and at home here to keep the house running smoothly so he doesn't have to worry about it and it's not a strain and it's a peaceful place for him, that that is my ministry and that I can still encourage the ladies, you know, send them notes or, you know, obviously chat with them at church and encourage them in that way. But I mean, like you said, I, I'm, yeah. it's not my it's not my responsibility to be a pastor to the ladies, I guess. Right, and and you would say that's probably more related to maybe church tradition than actual sure. scripture. Um, yeah, that's such a good point um, because when you originally ask the question, you think, oh, what are the outside expectations? But so many times, what we're dealing with is our own expectations of ourselves, mm -hmm. which you're saying you were trying to kind of feel out because there wasn't a class that said, okay, Rosa, right. this is exactly what you're supposed to do right. as a pastor's wife, and it's and it's different for everybody, yeah. honestly. Um, and so where you came to, you're saying was that in being his helpmate, you know, your focus was on the home, right. um, and and in providing, you know, in helping him first and foremost in providing a good home environment. Right. I think that's great. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think, would have you ever struggled? Do you feel like with your own expectations of how much? I know. I know. Well, I think so. Well, you. Yeah, I'm sure you know. I have, but I think partly because I I expected that my ministry would be similar to what I saw growing up. So I thought that the things that the assistant pastor's wife did at, at the church where I grew up, I just assumed that's how I would be and that's how um, I would interact even with the pastor's wife and, and different things like that. But when, when we came here, you know, I soon realized things are different here, not necessarily wrong, just different. And it was it it is and, and was, I guess, a struggle to, to figure out how to. Filled. Yeah, and how do I fit? Mm -hmm. Because yeah. this is what I thought I would be doing, and then I'm not doing that, so then I kind of lose heart or um, lose purpose. I just had to figure out, okay, what does God want me to do? And um, I'm I'm very much a go-getter, so I was ready to be involved in everything, mm -hmm. um, and that's that's not what the Lord had. And then when the Lord gave us six children, obviously, <laughs> I could not run at that same pace and keep everyone along and mm -hmm. keep sanity, and mm -hmm. so having yeah. to realize okay what am i supposed to do how can i do it you know how do i you know just all of those things yeah. so yes i think that is a struggle to work through yeah. um i'll say sure. one one thought here um kind of related to ministry but really i'd even say just a mom in general if she has a heart to say well i want to be involved in church i want to i want to reach out and i want to know that i'm you know evangelizing like i should be or whatever when she's at a certain level, you know, you're going 65, dealing with all your kids, trying to keep their home running smoothly. And I mean, literally just the daily, the daily grind, you yeah. know, of, and we may, it may sound so simplistic and I'm sure I'm missing over some things, but you know, you just think of laundry and meals and house cleaning and children and schooling and whatever other details and running around you have to do and administrative things. You have all this going on, and then you might begin to feel, especially the mom, because she's not getting out as much as, well, the dad goes to the office every day. 
Uh, but mom says, uh, am I doing anything for the Lord? Because I never, I, I don't hardly have conversations. I don't talk mm. to our neighbors. Mm. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't. And if your church doesn't have a visitation program or something like that, you're wondering, uh, am I really doing anything? And, you know, of course, we know the truth. Is, well, yeah, you're doing a lot, yeah. you know, and you've got this little mission field right at home and you're serving this phenomenal purpose of right. creating a little heaven on earth. You know what I mean? And, and, and teaching character and building the next generation and, and supporting your husband to, you know, to, to, because, because if you weren't doing what you were doing, then how successful is your, your husband going to be? Right. You know right. Yeah. what I mean? But, but the feeling that is that the stereotype is I have to interact with other people. I have to be having regular conversations. I have to be doing this or doing that. And so am I really doing anything? Yeah. And again, it goes back to an issue of expectation. Yeah, I, I would say the pastor's wife has a right to simply be uh, a wife and a mother uh, at home. And um, I, don't, I don't think she has to be the head of a nursery. She doesn't have to be the church pianist. Those are things that if she feels led to serve in that way, she's certainly welcome to do that, like any other lady in church. But uh, I, think, uh, I think she can just be a, a wife and a, and a mother. And I like what you said, that that's really serving a mission field at home. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's a great thing. Yeah. So, man, that would be almost, uh, that could be a topic for a future conversation is self-expectations. Yeah. Now, maybe there's, I don't know, maybe there's a few people out there that are like, oh, I don't really have high expectations for myself. <laughs> but I wonder how many people really struggle with this. It's the assumptions that they carry with them, you know. Picturing and, and these Eeyore types. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Not going to get much done anyway. Um, but, you know, just saying, and, and a lot, I wonder how many times it happens without us even thinking about it. We're stressed and we go, why am I stressed? Oh, because I think I ought to be doing this. Well, why do I think that? Oh, it's just an expectation that I have yeah. of myself. And we set those things so high or for whatever reason, and you have to go back to a biblical standard. Like Rosa was talking about, you know, earlier made me think of that, saying, what am I supposed to be as a wife? Or what's my first priority? Is it a lady's Bible study? Or is it my husband? Is it my home? You know, not that both things aren't mm -hmm. important, but what is really my job description? What's my first calling? What's my role? You know? And, and, and kind of building from the ground up a proper expectation and, mm -hmm. um, and, yeah. then, and then going from there. And again, not that it doesn't have responsibility or that we shouldn't be involved in some way, but we have to determine the right priorities and the right, um, you know, the right steps and things. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, are there any uh, concluding thoughts that either of you ladies have about anything <laughs> that we've talked about or anything else that you just want to put out there? Anything? No. Are you considering a run in 2022 or 2024? The only kind of runs I'll be doing is outside. <laughs> well, thank you very much to Heidi and to Rosa for being part yes. of our 100th episode. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. that's pretty epic, Happy. 100 episodes. Happy 100 yes, to both absolutely. of you guys. Congratulations yes. to you. You, guys. you guys. Yeah, you don't look a day, day so. over 52. <laughs> 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 These edits are aging me quickly. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all of you listeners for being on board with us for this 100th episode. And thank you to you patrons for making all of this possible that we can now be doing this for 100 
<laughs> at least 100 hours. So thank you all for listening and for being good supporters of the Reason Together podcast. Anyways, we are encouraging balance, developing perspective, and connecting faith to practice. This is Reason Together. <laughs>